This is Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning. Keep up with the shows and podcasts at drakehallmemphis.com. Howdy, howdy. It is Monday again. I know you're thrilled. It is the 13th day of March. This begins spring break for a lot of people, so I don't know who's where or if you're somewhere warm because ain't too springy around here, but uh, it's been a good weekend for the Tiger basketball team. Good for them. They beat... Tulane by 40 points on Saturday night. They win against Houston yesterday to claim the AAC title. They're now off to March Madness in the big tournament. They play Friday as an eight seed against number nine seed, Florida Atlantic in Columbus, Ohio. So go Tigers go. All that's happening. And uh, a long tournament uh, lies ahead. Grizz had a pretty good weekend and hope you did too. And we are going to be... Premiering our music cast, Between the Grooves, the brand new show is at noon today. I look at the best-selling album in American rock history today at noon and again at 7 tonight. So you can catch that. Any text you have, any commentary, that's fine. 878-9420. And if you didn't, change your time because the time changed, you see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't know what time it is, check your phone, because your phone is always right, as usual. Here is why everyone should learn to play poker. Okay. <laughs> How about that for a little setup there? This guy that wrote this piece is the CEO of Axios, which is a news service that I use, which is, they do news and stories in brief. They don't seem to have any kind of a leaning right, left, uh, or whatever that means anymore. They just do stories about the cultural impact of stuff and lifestyle kind of stories and things like that. So they put this one up. The poker table is a classroom filled with individuals and invaluable life lessons. You learn to read people when you play poker. Doyle Brunson, famous poker champ, said... Show me your eyes, and you may as well show me your cards. If you do this long enough, you'll begin to read people's eyes and twitches, what they tend to do and their style, their strengths and weaknesses. Think of poker as a fun way to sharpen your emotional intelligence. How about that? Mm -hmm. Number two, you learn luck. Poker is skill 100% and luck half of the time. <laughs> skill Probably, yeah. all the time luck half the time. okay okay yeah i see it that's phil helmuth another famous champion so much of success flows from getting the right break at the right moment and being prepared to pounce on it poker shows you how skill can help you win but only by writing the rhythms of luck can you win big so you must recognize luck when you see it and chase it you learn to see fact patterns. Life like poker has an element of risk. It should not be avoided. It should be faced. Actor Edward Norton said that. Most people, if you watch closely, are predictable in poker and in life. You can almost always guess how somebody will respond in good or bad situations like they do with good or bad cards. That's a good point. The cards in the deck, 52 of them, are wildly unpredictable. 
is a set number with a concrete hierarchy and a knowable chance of success or failure. Same for most big life decisions with uncertain variables. Hmm. Hmm. Learn to navigate high pressure. Competition, there's just something about it, amplified by a few pennies at stake, that plays with your mind. Your blood pressure spikes, competing impulses race through your head, instinct grabs hold. This is in most hands of poker and most tense moments in your life. Your brain learns to, to uh, navigate these moments through trial and error. Number five, you learn when to quit. Know when to hold them and know when to fold them. <laughs> yep. uh, know when to walk away and know when to run. Kenny Rogers, the gambler. The biggest mistake that, that, that poker players make is the same one we all make in relationships, jobs, and bad habits not knowing when to quit. Sometimes life deals us bad cards. Sometimes we play good cards poorly. Recognize your own weaknesses and tendencies helps to limit the number of dumb moves we all make. That's true. That's a, that's a pretty good little uh, breakdown there, isn't it? People are predictable. And you can play the game if you play it right by learning their patterns and how they do. And if their eyes are a dead giveaway, well, then they're screwed. So, (laughs) it interesting. It made me flash on one of the scenes in the Maverick movie that Mel Gibson did with Jodie Foster. James Garner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and he sits down at the poker table with some new people and says, okay, uh, I, I never cheat. Uh, I rarely bluff, and I promise to not win for the first hour. And they all, <laughs> they, they all welcome him to the table, and it's a montage of him, of the other players doing their turns. And he'll do ridiculous stuff like have his cards turned, you know, facing outward or or you know, dropping a card or just acting ridiculous. And then he, he, it shows him checking the time at one point, and he wins big. And they get into a fight about it. Other stuff happens, but he ends up saying, what do you think I was doing for the first hour? I was reading and learning your tells. And he exactly. goes down, each person at the table said, when you have a good card, you do this. When you have a, a rotten hand, you always do this. That's what I was doing, and that's how I won. See, that I would... is, yeah, that's why when ESPN started to show poker, you know, <laughs> I thought, boy, the end is near, and they have no programming. But the more you watch it, and many of these guys who are champions that win over and over and over again, you watch them at these tables, and they wear sunglasses to avoid their eyes being able to be read, and they Mm -hmm. wear caps over their eyes, and they stay pretty, you know, straight-faced, because if you give, if you have those those tells, you're screwed. Yep. But Maverick, but th- that was a great movie, underrated because James Garner was was the first Maverick on the TV in the TV yeah. show. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then Mel and uh, Jodie Foster. That was a really really good good little movie. <laughs> you do have to be careful though. If you're wearing sunglasses playing poker, don't get the mirrored kind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Very good. Suck. All right, so learn to play cards, and that will help you learn to deal with people better. Maybe. <laughs> It's worth a shot. It's worth a risk, right? It's just all about gambling, so why not try it? True. All right, I want to hear this. I bought a bag of oranges yesterday. 
they were $5. And I'm trying to think what they, they were. They had four different kinds, but I bought these. And I don't know why I bought them, but I have them. Or there's one laying right here. <laughs> to eat, I hope. Uh, they- no, I'm going to learn to juggle this week. <laughs> the wind chimes. Uh, that's so, his, new, his new fun thing. Okay. The headline to this story that Sid has is that eating an orange in the shower is good for you. Why? I thought the same thing and wondered and was curious. And somebody started this trend on Reddit or something. Uh, or maybe just simply eating in the shower or eating an orange, and it doesn't say what kind or anything. It doesn't matter. But they described the feel-good experience of shower oranges, and so now people have done it on TikTok. I mean, I don't know Bullshit. if it's nakedness, but but it it the this dietitian talks uh, to, on Huffington Post about how it, uh, you know she saw a video of someone peeling an orange in a steamy shower with mellow music and no real context as to why, but that it looked really relaxing and it you could almost smell the orange from watching the video because it's steamy. Okay. And so she tried it. Well, she she actually kind of agreed that it's you get energized, you get motivated. The citrus smells do something to you hmm. that kind of just give you a boost of energy. Um, you know, whether it's a gray day or not, but th- that's what oranges can do. And then you're, it's, it's, it, it, it intensifies because of the hot water. And then it's, you know, it's, it's not bad cleaning up because, you know, oranges can be messy and drippy and wet and stuff and gross, but not in the shower. You just rinse your hands off. But the aromatic citrus scent, peeling an orange in a steamy shower, she says, helps release that energizing aromatic citrus scent. And it helps you like wake up and have energy and i mean citrus does smell great there are so many citrus candles and sprays and you know always out there at the store i just bought um candles from new orleans candles uh, orange vanilla mm, and they smell really good well i wonder about and this is an interest so citrus is the key and the steam of the orange creates an energetic smell well, yeah, I, yeah, I fully believe in um, um, the therapy that you get from the aromas of stuff. I I totally buy that because we burn candles. I have one up here going all the time in the bedroom. There's one all the time. Well, not um, in the kitchen, but there is something about the smells. I have I have one of those little things that burns the you know wax pieces too. In, oh in yeah, the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Aromatherapy is for real yeah so this is the concept i guess right yeah yeah yeah. and and i mean this one somebody else says eating eating oranges in the shower reminds her of you like they use essential oils i guess in saunas yeah I yes definitely I don't, I don't do saunas but or or when you put cucumber slices over your eyes in a steam bath just just you know an aromatic experience of eucalyptus is one they use yeah. in you know steam rooms um yeah and that helps yeah, open so. up your head so yeah i think that i the, love the smell of the, oranges the, that's the concept. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So So yeah. get you some oranges and uh, you know, wash your, your stuff off and maybe you'll be inspired. <laughs> Don't put an orange down there. But you'll be clean. <laughs> but you can't just, you know, rag off and eat the orange. That won't work. So Oh, oh, oh no. You gotta you know, you gotta do do it the right way. Yeah. I guess Separate. I should go on and bathe sometime because I'm 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 getting too tired to even shower. <laughs> That's not true, but it's I 
I dread it. I don't, I don't want to get wet because it, it just gets on my nerves. So ragging off, I think, is the best way to go about it. <laughs> so you don't stink. You got to do at least yeah, that. Yeah. Get some baby wipes or, you know, alcohol. Wipes. I think baby <laughs> wipes are the answer because <laughs> now, because Wes had some concerns about me, uh, you know, flushing this stuff down the toilet. Don't do but that. Now no, you can't. No, you, don't yes, do you can. Because no, you, you can't. Look. They lie. You can't flush. It's a marketing lie. No, no, you're wrong. Uh, there's a, a new, there are about four different lines now. They are 99% water. And they dissolve like tissue paper. And if you buy the right ones, I'll buy the ones that say do not flush, don't flush them. But they right. have brand new ones that are mainly water-based. And they, right. just, they just and they just turn into dust. Five dollars like more, dust. probably. <laughs> nope, they're actually cheaper. All right. Well, when Huggies you need a has plumber. one, and Pampers has one, and I got a plunger, man. <laughs> I know. I hate. Got my own little plunger, so I'm not worried about it at all. And if it backs up, I'll call a plumber. There you you have I'm the not going to worry about it. <laughs> poopery, you poopery, poopy. You have the poopy. No, you have the poopery too, don't you? That spray. If it backs up. <laughs> uh, no, I have Lysol and Febreze up here because I get yelled at. Because it smells like like cigarettes. Because all these cats now are smoking. So <laughs> that's the problem. Well, you know, awesome. Life is hard. This is Drake Digital. All right, back to some stories from real life. Customer horror tales. I, each time I go someplace to buy something, there is a tale to be told when I get home. <laughs> from some <laughs> dumbass that I mean, I was in a store the other day, and I, I try to avoid buying and eating processed meat um but i was buying these you know wraps that are like little bitty uh, tortillas and they're it's turkey or ham and vegetables and cheese but they're so overpriced i said you know because they're six bucks a piece and you can buy decent you know either turkey or ham from a deli that is still processed but it's cheaper so you gotta you know i guess you gotta Kind of pick your poison. Uh, I was in a store. I won't say what it was. And they put out this fresh meat every day. Fresh, allegedly. And they have it in the same place. And they had a, this stack about two inches high of some kind of a bologna. And bologna is made up of hot dogs and the same content like pig lips and rat shit. Ugh. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I passed on that. Then there was one that was also a huge packet for under five bucks. Spicy lunch loaf. Okay. And I thought, Spicy what's what loaf. kind of what's what's in this? And I thought, nay, nay, nay. I found some turkey with about five pieces for five dollars. So I, I bought the turkey and passed on the spicy loaf. Just the word loaf in meat, I'm not buying it because I Oof. have a horrid vision of what it is. So out, so ixnay on the eat may. I'm not buying that crap because <laughs> uh, it's disgusting. Uh, but sometimes right. you will just want a you know quick kind of a sandwich and the right kind of bread that you know twelve grain bread or some of that low cal bread is. It tastes like cardboard, but it's probably better for your bod. I don't know. But customer service and horror stories. Uh, the self checkout, I think, is going to lead someone to go on a killing spree. Because it's so I annoying. love it. I 
it adds to my stress and my angst. And I and if you if you learn how to do the thing, if you have produce, you got to push the buttons and figure it out. I don't have yeah. time for that much thinking. First world. I problem. don't need it. It's too much stress. <laughs> I don't well, want to do fine. it. Going, going in, in line and having a person do it keeps a person in a job. So, and he, if you buy that. beer, you got to stop and they, and That's they right. ask your birthday and uh, your Find mother. No, go away. To ring you up. <sighs> but there's always an issue everywhere you go. It's without fail something is messed up. Customer horror stories. Wesley has chosen some to yes. share. Go. These are the different pers- a different perspective from what you were talking about. These are horror stories where the horror came from the customer. Okay. Okay. And oh, this this first one sets it up nicely from Chloe, who says, "If you're wondering what it's like to work in hospitality today, a cu- customer complained that her milkshake had milk in it." Proximus <laughs> <laughs> oh, says, "Never has there been a bigger people. lie than the customer is always right." I have seen with my own eyes a customer ask for. I'm sorry. I have seen with my own eyes a customer ask a Burger King worker for a Big Mac and McFlurry. Sometimes the customer isn't always God. right. Sometimes they're fucking stupid. God. I will have to interrupt you and tell you this. I have done this before. Um, one of the most embarrassing moments. That I, well, not, not embarrassing. My kids were littler. Well, that was a long time ago. It was Halloween. And I had been out with him uh, around Cooper Young for two hours. I was at my wits' end. Yes. And they wanted some real food. So what? Do you, so it's like fast food time, drive-through. So I went to Burger King, and I pulled up in the drive-through thing, and I ordered, if I remember correctly, I ordered two Happy Meals at Burger King. <laughs> Whoops. And the person on the microphone said, this is not McDonald's, it's Burger King. And I was so agitated that I embarrassed (laughs) myself and my kids by saying, fuck you, I'll go to McDonald's then. And I sped (laughs) through the (laughs) drive-thru. And my kids were mortified then laughing hysterically as I was sweating and cussing inappropriately. (laughs) I was so pissed off. I didn't know where I was and ordered a Happy Meal and told the guy to F off. I bet it happens all the time to them and others. Either that or you're one of these stories coming up later on. And I had a short fuse and I shouldn't have acted like that. But that's how my kids learn to cuss. And I learned to cuss from my dad. So it, we, it all passes down. It passes and, it was, and it was always in the car when I heard these profane rants. And I do it to this day. All right, now back to you. It's easy yep, to. speaking and carrying on with the theme of fast food, Joe says that uh, I was working at Subway and welcomed a customer in who said, hey, how long is the foot-long sandwich? <laughs> oh, God. Seriously. Remember that somebody was out there with a measuring stick uh, and yes. wanted to sue Subway? Yeah. Because <sighs> it wasn't a foot long. Right. Kaylee says, uh, the customer asked for mozzarella sticks. I told them, I'm sorry, we're out right now. The most similar thing we could have would be the cheese curds. Customers, is that mushrooms? No, it's cheese. People are cheese idiots. curds. Those are so good. Human uh, rice is so done. This is another one in food services. Back on the line after a break, my friend is pouring soup from the warmer through a strainer and into a bowl. A defeated look on his face, so I ask him what's up. He's just shaking his head. He says, look at the order uh, sheet. It said 
small French onion soup. No onion. Ugh. <laughs> God, do people have a brain? No. Kira for customer. all die very soon. <laughs> Kira for customer horror story says, I hate it when a customer in retail says, why they have y'all working on holidays? Bro, because you hear. Because uh, you're here, exactly. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Oh. This exchange comes from uh, someone named Parasocial Distance Scene. This one says, Her walks into the store smoking a cigarette. I go, excuse me, but no, I'm just looking. Certainly, but you're not actually allowed to smoke in here. It's fine. I'm not from here. Still, though. And she gives me the look. Mm-mm. Get out. Lola says, the customer asked to order the filet mignon. I said, yes, would you like that cooked medium? And the customer says, what do you mean? I thought the filet was fish. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> the gray and, unwashed. Uh, I know. And then one more here from this, uh, the Fun Facts feed, I guess. 9.57 p.m. The phone rings at the store. I give the store name and say, can I help you? Yeah, y'all open? We're open till 10. This is like three minutes from now. I'll be there by 10.30. Cool. No, we do close at 10, so come on, man. Y'all ain't doing nothing. You can stay open. 10, 15, tops. I can't do that, sir. Oh, Click. my God. People probably really do that. Oh, sure. Oh. I, and you I wonder used... why robots are taking over the world. Yeah. This is why, right here. I, I, I didn't work in fast food, but I worked at a place where sometimes there would be coupons. And people would call and make an order and just say it'd be eighteen fifty. Well, I, and they'd say, "Okay, well, I have a three dollar and fifty cent coupon. How much will it be now?" Did you freaking take fourth grade math, bitch? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not even kidding. Oh, God. I didn't work in fast food. Oh. My first job as a child, I was probably twelve, and I cleaned up uh, the parking lot of a burger joint in Murray, Kentucky. Fun. And my and my dad drove <laughs> me to this gig, and I don't I don't know how long I did this, but it Little wasn't dirt. very long. But I was out there picking up papers and stuff no, in this burger I, place. Do you mean like not very long, as in you worked it for a couple of weeks, or not very long, as in you left before lunch? Two Both. Hours. Okay. <laughs> Half hour, I'm done. By two weeks, I'm gone. By. Oh my god, I hate that. Oh. Yeah. I, this is why people don't leave the house anymore. <laughs> this is why the drug use and alcohol use is, is on the it's rampant because people oh. are stupid and you can't deal with them this is Drake Digital Memphis in May is headed this way because it, it's in May see and the first weekend is the Beale Street Music Festival and this thing goes back we had Jim Holt on last week discussing uh, the current situation and Years gone by, and he said something that it was like 42 or three years ago. Well, that's because before Tom Lee Park, this thing was at the fairgrounds. Yep. And I don't, I did, I wasn't around for any of that, but I was around for every one of them in Tom Lee Park for about 15 years. And um, uh, great memories um, from incredible shows. And we used to broadcast from there and stay there for three days, and it was just back in the good old days when you were still in good enough shape to do that and not die in the mud. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, some great shows. And Sid put up a Facebook question asking people uh, their favorite memories from the Beale Street Music Festival and got hundreds of responses. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ones that stand out? 
Yeah, their favorite performances. And and quick side note, that must have been when it was at the fairgrounds. It must have been when I saw Aerosmith at, because hmm. my brain went, no, they were at the fair. Well, no, it was when Music Fest was there. And it, must, right. it was like 1985-ish. So anyway, uh, Landon says STP both times. With Wyland, I guess, both times? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I guess that. so. I stopped going after a while. I just couldn't hang with it. And I can't do crowds anymore, so next. Okay. What well, else? Whatever. I'll be there. Jenny says, easy, Foo Fighters. They were awesome. Did David I see says, that? When did they play prob- the music They fest? played... It's been in the past f- five, six years, I want to say. I don't know. I don't remember that, but I'm sure it was great. It's been less I- than ten years. Um, because I saw them, they were great. David says, Little Richard. I remember that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. Blake Shitty says... Rudy. Oh, Rudy. Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Blake says, Etta James. And she says, Etta James slash Stevie Ray Vaughan. Now, I don't know if that means they were together. Stevie Ray played the, the, the first one that I mentioned to Jim that I can recall doing was on a Friday night, and it was pouring down rain, and it was... Ray Charles and uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. And oh, it wow. was one night only, I think. It, it might have been two days. But I guess that Mr. Vaughn played there more than one time. I'm not sure. Who else? Alan says Seven Dust. Okay. I think I remember that. Scott says the Allman Brothers Band. I remember that. Hmm. They were great. Uh, Tim, Brother Kane. And then he says, or Jeff Healy on stage with B.B. King and Greg Allman. Wow. I remember that That would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, Tony says, Neil. Yeah. Tony says, Neil Young with the 29-minute Down by the River opener. (laughs) 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 Jude says, James Brown. I remember that, man. I, I was backstage, and that was a mess because here's how that went down James was not in any hurry to do anything that James did not want to do and the band came out first and they jammed and played around for way too long then the singers came out and dancers and they did this for a half hour at least and I will never forget um, I'm back there watching this going and I look over at his trailer, and James is sitting there in a chair by himself as the band sets the stage, if you will, for him to appear. Wow. And then finally, he gets up, and they put the cape on him, and this band and this mess went on at least a half hour, maybe 45, and then he finally <laughs> got on the stage and got down on it and whatnot. But he didn't take it. He took his time, and he wasn't up there more than a half hour, and he, he just bailed because he didn't know the words like he never does. He was just mumbling <laughs> and, and, gotta, and grunting. You got to build it up, though. It's James Brown. Yeah. Uh, Tim says Sammy Hagar and the Wabaritas. Don't remember it. Me neither. Ashley says Michael McDonald. Don't remember that either. I have no memory of that at all. Um, Gary also says STP. When they headlined in 2002, the sun was setting and they opened with Pink Floyd's Shine On You Crazy Diamond. Wow. And Scott Weiland was in peak form, he says. 
Wow. I just remember one, uh, maybe there was that night at sunset, Zeke and Jimmy Davis hitting golf balls into the river from backstage. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> David says B.B. King. If you've seen B.B. once, you've seen B.B. I mean, he was great, but... Yeah. Okay. Still, he Got says a bunch of others, Got too. It. John Lee Hooker. Did you see John Lee Hooker? I don't know, probably. Same thing. Uh, great blues man. But you see him one, you mm-hmm. see, him, see him every... You know, same thing. Josh says Godsmack. They announced that Bin Laden was killed, and the crowd went nuts. Crying like a bitch. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I miss that song. Yeah, me neither. You like that song. Richie said the Black Crows in the 90s is a standout for Absolutely. Him. That was one of the best. Well, now, there are two stories about that. Um, Shake Your Money Maker was out. What year was that? Was that 91, 92? or 91. Okay. Uh, Hard to Handle was the hit from that record. That was the first single, and Rock One. We played the crap out of that song, and we also played uh, "Jealous Again," and what was the other one? Um, anyway, Rich and Chris came to our little bus thing, and we interviewed them, and they were just kids, and we were too. They were great guys. They were kind of nervous and shy, and they they already had become rock stars. And they wore that pretty well and pretty cockily. And so the guy from Geffen Records was there uh, with the band. And I had talked to them about Hard to Handle, which is not one of their songs. That was Otis Redding. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he showed me the, the, uh, the uh, set list. And Hard to Handle wasn't on it as the encore or anything else. And so I told him, I said... We broke this band in this town by playing hard to handle. This this is Memphis, and this song, if they don't play this song, it's a mistake. So he made me, or he didn't make me. He said, I want you to go in there and tell Chris that. So I had to walk in there in their trailer and tell him, listen, let me just offer some advice about this, if you don't mind, bruh. If y'all don't play hard to handle, um, that's the song that broke this band wide open and jealous again. And what the um, what the hell is the other song? I said you you've got to please play hard to handle. The place will go nuts. They go up there and they change the set list and they added that song and the place went wild. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he took my advice to. Please don't dismiss this song. You're in Memphis, first of all. <clears throat> yeah. We're Otis, you know, and um, so they did it, and it was great. They came back about two years later, and they were, I watched it from the side of the stage, and at, by that point, they had their own little private tent, and you walked in there, and all you could smell was that Christmas tree smell. I guess they had some trees in there. They were smoking. <clears throat> and then they went on stage and they had the entire stage covered in these beautiful, you know, rugs and tapestries hung everywhere. And I watched them from the side of the stage and it was like watching the stones. They were so good at that point. It was mesmerizing. They were fantastic. That was Rich and Chris and Johnny Colt and 
the drummer dude that does that awful show at night on some station here in town. I'm not going to, yeah. Steve, what's his nuts? They were fantastic. And they are, by the way, they have just released a new live album. Uh, They did the entire album, Shake Your Money Maker. And that's coming out from live in concert. Mm-hmm. From all those days gone by, yeah, they were they were great. What else? And then I saw him again when Chris was married to um, Kate Hudson, and oh, she yeah, was on yeah. stage, and I was right behind her, and I bummed a, a a smoke from her, and she lit it for me. She, I, I said, "You have a light?" She said, "Yeah, sure." Real sweet. Wow. Yeah, that Black Crow three times at least. Yeah. The, the Black Crow Shake Your Money Maker Live is coming out March seventeenth. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Nathan says Soundgarden. Was that the year Chris Cornell died or the year before? Year before, I guess. I think it was the year before. Or uh, even more than that. I'm not sure. David says Al Green cannot remember the year the Lord told him he could sing his old songs because they were about love. It was before they had a fence between the crowd and the river. The sun was setting pure Memphis magic. Yeah, you know, I, have, I, I wonder about him from time to time because he hasn't been heard from in a long time. And he's getting older, and he's on the list. Tony Bennett is on the list of who's next to go. It's The list is getting longer all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodney says Robert Randolph and the Family Band. Okay. okay. I didn't see them. them. Bill says Willie Nelson. I'm sorry. I love Willie. That's the most boring live show ever done on the face <laughs> of the earth. <laughs> they each have little tiny amps, and he they do, it's not a rocket... It's, I love Willie, I love his songs, but live, you could nap to it easily. Snooze fest. <laughs> uh, Peggy says Lenny Kravitz. Did I see We that? saw him down in Tunica someplace because my wife likes him. So. Uh, John cute. says around 1981 or 82, Jerry Lee Lewis and Roy Orbison. Wow. Together? I don't know that either. Wow, I don't either. Uh, Kyle says Galactic. The year after Hurricane Katrina. No, no one cares. All right. Oh, what else? Um, Terry says Kenny Wayne Shepherd. Vivian yeah. says Little Feet. Yeah. Um, I'm reading the first of people's because some people uh, cheated and put like three or four. Freddie says Shine Down. It was 2019. He thinks. Jeff says The Cult. Oh, I remember seeing The Cult. They were great. Ian Asbury. Gar- Gary yeah. says Dwight Yoakam was awesome. He was fantastic. Yeah, great band. Great band. Uh, Isaac Hayes says Paul. I saw him at Live at the Garden, but I didn't see him at Music Fest. I don't know. I don't remember all this stuff. It's too long ago. Janet says uh, Carlos Santana. Megan says hands down uh, Susan Tedeschi. Yeah, easy. She's fantastic. Uh, Bill says John Fogarty. John Fogarty. Remember that? Yeah. Ricky says Kid Rock. Nicholas Sturgill Simpson, 2017, was epic. He's he's always great. And that's about enough. All right. Galactic. We have these nuts. <laughs> well, we asked and they told. We asked and they told us. Well, do the Tammy high says, points. Not these losers that do these obscure bands. Hey, <laughs> just just do the to ones. To them, they're not likes. losers. <laughs> yeah, just do the, yeah, yeah. Just, just the ones that, that I like to see. Okay, Tammy says Counting Crows. Ooh. He's a dick. Adam Durst, blow me. Adam Durst. Uh, t- Chad says Adam Ant. When Adam, Adam, uh, uh, okay. Adam Ant was at the Adam. That was that was the day. That was a Saturday, and 
the the gates opened earlier and the show started because Slade was on stage. Naughty Holder and Slade. And we were broadcasting and it rained like like I mean the end of time. It rained so <laughs> hard. Everyone bailed, shut down the stages and it was quiet for about a half hour. And when it finally ceased, we were backstage to bring on somebody, Adamant, I guess. And I was walking up behind them. And I'll never forget that he was wearing red leather pants and the makeup and the whole look. Yeah. Talk about a freak. And uh, and they had they, were so they played to about, to about five people in front of that stage. And it was, oh, um, they weren't pleased. <laughs> but his red leather pants, I'll never forget that. And they, they were good. And the crowd finally yeah, yeah, came yeah. back around. So, yeah. Well, I guess oh, it's yeah. Was one of those five. A, a, couple right. more com- a couple more comments, really quick. Because he right. says Adam Ant 311 and Live were back to back to back. And then the drive by truckers in 04 and the Foo Fighters in the rain worrying Dave was going to get electrocuted. I think they, they take precautions the against play that it now. Twice? Maybe. Yeah, they do. I, uh, they I saw. It I, I had a story here today about about live that I found on one of the national news services uh, about uh, the past couple of years. They had a bunch of issues, and the lead singer, well, I guess, owned the band name and was in charge. He fired the entire band. Oh wow! And so now they wow. have a different band. Uh, entirely, and they are on the road now. They had some some managerial issues and some money issues, and some band issues, and he fired the whole bunch of them. So now it's a it's a fresh new band, and they're playing, I guess, lightning crashes, and they had a bunch of radio hits, but then mm-hmm. something went mm-hmm. went badly wrong, and so but they'll be back. Beale Street Music Fest is coming up um, in a matter of weeks. So get your tickets now for that at MemphisInMay.org and prepare for more memories to be made in Tom Lee Park. So enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Back in a bit, this is Drake Digital. Oh, I know. It's Monday, and everybody loves that. However, it is spring break for many of you, so we suppose you're running about heading to a warmer place. that It hadn't been too much like spring around here. On uh, May 13, 2023, a big weekend for Tiger basketball and Tiger fans as they pound Tulane by 40 points on Saturday. And they win the tournament, AAC tournament, against uh, by beating Houston yesterday. So that was fun. And they go on now as an eight seed to the big tournament. And they'll be playing in Columbus against number nine seed Florida Atlantic on Friday. So that's all in place, uh, as is my new... Music cast Between the Grooves at noon today. We look at the number one best-selling rock album in America of all time at noon today and at 7 tonight. Hope you enjoy that. Text us about that or anything else you so choose at 878-9420. If you're in a coma and don't know that the time changed, Hmm. your TV, your phone should tell you what time it is in case you were totally lost, like most of us. Let's talk about children, people with little kids. This headline says the high cost of childcare are forcing more toddlers to work their way through preschool. This is a very <laughs> sad tale. According to a new report that came out Friday by the Center for American Progress, 
the high cost of childcare is forcing more toddlers to work their way through preschool. The cost of childcare has gone way up across the country, and a record number of kids as young as two years old have been looking for part-time and even full-time jobs to cover the cost of their preschool tuition. This is a very sad thing to have to tell you. The jobs range from washing dishes in the, in the uh, school, school um, cafeteria to tutoring their peers in rote counting and fine motor skills. At two years old, that's a lot for a kid. Yeah. Uh, they got to cover things like the cost of, of, of their snacks and picture books, and that comes out of their own pocket. Even if they spend 30 hours a week doing janitorial work, they could still end up graduating under a pile of debt. At press time, millions of kids have dropped out of preschool every year because they just can't get a job to pay for it. And that is sad. Wow. Are there, is there no more kids, need for chimney sweets? I guess, I guess not. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they, they would fit. That. That's the point. But a two-year-old kid having to do custodial work just seems a little bit much. But their parents can't do it, so they're going to have to work their way through school. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty hard on them. Uh, Wesley has quotes. Are kids lying? Is this what it is? Yeah, this this is a thread on Twitter that started uh, by this Twitter user called LL Cool Tweet. <laughs> it started That's this whole thing by saying, I made my bed and found a half-eaten stick of butter in it. When I asked my child if she had put anything in mommy's bed, she said... I did not put butter in it. The mystery continues. <laughs> yes. This started the thread that uh, carried on. An- Anon said, my late uncle once called his school to call in sick, pretending to be his dad. He started the call like this. Hello, this is my dad speaking. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's like Cameron in Ferris yeah. Bueller calling yes. in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rooney. Mr. Rooney. God, my kid can imitate that him so bad. So Grace. Grace. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Uh, okay. So other times kids got caught and completely denied it. Uh, Jennifer says that she saw socks on my kiddo's nightstand and noticed they were stuffed with something. I asked her what was going on with the socks, and she promptly replied, there are definitely not any potatoes in those socks. <laughs> Spoiler. There were definitely lies. Yes, in those they'll learn. Yeah, that's right. This is uh, Hall Thirty Five. Some says it was. This is my favorite story about my sister. Long before I was born, my other my sister was six. Her other sister was seven. They were released from school early. So as a treat, mom took them to the then new Burger King in town and told them, "Don't tell their dad." Later, dad arrived home, and the younger sister proceeded to proudly tell him with a smile, "Daddy, we didn't go to Burger King." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, let's problems. see this one says that uh, I, I was a pretty clever kid says uh, Hanoi I once successfully framed my baby brother for carving his name into the coffee table but my mom <laughs> was not She uh, one time as a kid my mom decided that she wanted bangs so she cut them and then very carefully cleaned away every single hair perfectly covering up her crime then my grandmother came home, took one look at it, and immediately knew what she'd done, and it took mom years to figure out how she got busted because she'd cleaned everything so carefully. That's hilarious. <laughs> Unawares. I yeah. think that, though. 
User Moria says, when my son was three, he pushed the fire extinguisher in the kitchen, filled up with a mist. My husband and I were freaking out. Where is this coming from? What is it? My son said, pointing to the fire extinguisher, I didn't touch that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, Push It says, my son once opened all his Christmas presents while I was at work, and I oh, asked God. him why he did it. Oh. He said, the strangers did it. I told them not to. Mm -hmm. I remember one Christmas a long time ago. We had um, a little outdoor shed type house thing or, mm -hmm. where you stored stuff. And in the window, my father had not given this too much thought, but he had stacked a new turntable and some other items in the area by the window. He hid Oops. them very badly. <laughs> so I so I looked in that window and saw some of this stuff. And I remember that I somehow tried to be very casual about the fact that I uh, didn't expect to get a turntable this year or, or really anything else. And he gave me this look like, you little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you, you already know what's in there. Oh. Yeah, oh, we've all been caught at that one before. Yeah. Let's see. Jackarowl user says... Uh, I once, as a kid, stole a sip of beer and then ate a load of mints. I then went up to my mother and told her that I haven't had any beer. You can smell my breath. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bad move. Dumb kids. <laughs> Funny. Future criminals. That's right. And this one says, I swear to God, this just happened to me last week, except instead of a half a stick of butter in the bed, it was three quarters of a piece of Papa John's cheese pizza floating oh. in the toilet. Oh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and one, there's one more here that I want to... You got to cover your tracks, to. man. Well, yeah, you do. And they, you know, they're trying. Do. They're yeah. trying. And then just to wrap this whole thing up, at uh, Bungenhagen15 says a thing that he did that uh, he got busted doing and then denied. He once uh, had this piece of chocolate cake that was, he just took from a cake that was sitting on the counter and his mom caught him and put him right in, you know, asked him about it. And she said, he said, no, I didn't have it. She took me to a mirror, chocolate all the way up my cheeks and I still <laughs> denied it. It was my way, deny, deny, deny. Well, I will tell you though, from, from my own experience as I try to be not messy. I mean, cause I'm, I'm kind of a neat freak but my wife is um, not a neat freak, but she's constantly, you know, vacuuming because of animals and wiping off counters. Um, these granite tops are all these things we have that keep things, you know, shiny. And the fridge and the stove are all that stainless steel stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have a, I have a tendency, as many men do. I don't know why we do this. Sometimes when you're in a urinal, I put my left hand up on the wall. I don't know why. I'm not trying to like prop myself up. Yeah. I, I mean, I, <laughs> but I do this, she says, all the time. And I leave handprints on the fridge. Uh, and if I, oh. if, so if I open. You pee in the fridge? That was, that was my question, too. <laughs> well, I don't want that really, that isn't appropriate for right now. Uh <laughs> like that guy that peed on the all the uh, sandwich meat at a Walmart. That yeah. is what I do. 
But if I open the fridge and I touch the thing, it leaves handprints. Okay. Yeah. Or if I open up either side of it, it leaves whatever's in my hand, some kind of funk on it. So I've learned at night before I crash, I wipe the fridge off just to make sure that I don't, and I try not to leave peanut butter or jelly or cream cheese or anything laying in the floor where I've dropped it. <laughs> I try always, to always yeah. cover my tracks. That's helpful. Yeah. So yesterday morning, I was had an English muffin. I put peanut butter on it and cream cheese and wiped up the tracks. I spilled some coffee on something, uh, wiped that up. <laughs> and I went downstairs later on. And she said, um, why was there peanut butter in the toilet down here? <laughs> or on, or on, on the top. I, I said, oh, what do you mean? Like, like I, I'm acting. I said, I, I didn't eat peanut butter out of the damn commode. She said, well, I saw this wad of something on the toilet. And I was afraid to touch it. <laughs> and Probably so I safe. wiped it off and I said, I don't have any. I didn't carry this thing in there and didn't mean to put peanut butter on it intentionally. So I'm, I'm like a child having to cover my tracks. I have no idea how <laughs> no it got there. These damn cats uh, are eating peanut right, butter in the sure. bathroom uh, again. That's meow, hilarious. Meow, That's hilarious. Minter pigs. This is Drake Digital. All right. Mirrors can be your friend at some points in your life. As you get older, they're less your friend. And mm -hmm. some people avoid them. Many people, I am thinking this is a lean towards females, the ladies in the bunch, that um, spend a ton of time on themselves. Around here, it's called getting ready yep now i can go from being a pig in sweatpants and a t-shirt to being shaved and showered and dressed and all of that stuff in about a half hour at the maximum yeah ready to roll yeah. like most men right wes yeah I, I i was guessing about a half hour so and you i mean you have to clip your nails and you have to if you have, if, if you have a beard, you got to groom that, and your eyebrows, and your nose hair, and your ear hair, and you, and you want to smell good, you don't want your feet to stink, um, it's just a matter of just maintaining thyself with as little effort as is humanly possible. For women, that isn't the same thing. Would you say that is correct, Sydney? That is correct. You want me to list what else we have to do besides what you have to do? No, I do not want okay, to hear fine. about it. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to. <laughs> I'll, it takes I'll time. I'm not shaving my balls, uh, so that's not going to happen either. So, <laughs> I shaved my balls for this. That was a famous album by who was that country girl that did that album? I shaved my legs for this. Why didn't some male star do I shave my balls for this? I don't know why that didn't happen. <laughs> I know. Uh, beauty obsession? Question mark. People spend four hours a day trying to enhance their appearance. Do we God, believe that? Ew. That sounds huge. Four. That sounds like you're really and, obsessed with yourself and really insecure. And and that's an average then. So that figures in as an average to people who take 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Human beings cannot stop gazing in the mirror. 
and international team find people that they spend one sixth of their lifetime trying to enhance their appearance. Well, now there are things as you get older that you want to work on, and uh, many men, I'd say the past 25, 30 years, have taken more of an interest in how they look. There is makeup for men, um, and uh, men use different things to enhance their appearance as they get older. Uh, there, are, There's hair care stuff. If your hair is uh, thinning like mine is, I hate it. Uh, but I have various shampoos and pills and things that I take to maybe maintain uh, the hair for a, a bit longer. Men have understood the need to moisturize their faces. I do that with various kind of little potions and lotions. and It's, it's a vitamin C serum and hyaluronic acid, which has become one of the main components in mm-hmm. makeup. All over the world. Now that stuff wasn't even heard of for. I, I first became aware of that stuff um, when my knees and my joints were getting sore from working out or walking, and I bought this stuff and it tastes kind of like cough syrup, and you drank it and the knee pain went away almost immediately, and I was promoting that stuff for wholesale nutrition. And all of a sudden, they couldn't keep it in stock because it worked. And I have some in in my fridge downstairs that I haven't really used, and I should. But what it does is lubricate your joints. The next appearance it began to make was in makeup. And I have some that's in a bottle, and you put it on your face. And what it does on your face almost immediately it seeps into your skin and it makes your face feel kind of dried out. What it's doing though is it's it is being sucked into your skin and is moisturizing what's underneath it. And it does really work. Um, people use collagen and they there are pills and creams for that. So everybody is trying to seek the fountain of youth or they just don't care. Uh, or there is some middle ground, I suppose, someplace. Why do we have this obsession with how we look? There was a survey done of 93,000 people in 93 countries. And the team that did this thing finds that one of the reasons is obvious. People want to look good to attract somebody that they want to like them. In the digital age, they also this finds that people are more apt to fuss over their appearance if they spend more time on social media uh-huh. oh, yeah 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 they're trying to be purdy and they're chasing unrealistic beauty standards i saw a headline this morning about a new filter on tiktok that is almost too good and makes you look like a freak <laughs> so i don't know about that looking good goes all the way back to the caveman days that would be i guess the basic attraction of the uncivilized yet still hormonally influenced male and or female that wanted to be attractive. So that loincloth better fit around your area and, and be clean <laughs> uh, and you better be shaved with a rock or something. <laughs> right. Gazing in the mirror is not a modern phenomenon. Uh, people have always valued beauty. 
early Homo sapiens applied pigment to their bodies, and there was cosmetic use to create to uh, and ornate clothing and jewelry to enhance looks thousands of years ago. And these things have turned today into an industry that makes so much money. And women, the things that they buy, the products, the cleansers, the moisturizers, the shampoos, the product, the motivation for this is the evolutionary reason with mating and the attraction to other people. And everybody finds different things attractive. Not, I mean, it's, we all look different. Some folks were blessed with various looks, but you got to realize, too, that as you age, some of that is diminished. So if, if you're you know, in love with somebody and going to marry them because they're pretty or handsome, well, prepare, because it doesn't last forever. It changes. Yeah. But that is the inception and the concept behind why we spend time on our hair. And I've always had a, uh, I had really long hair for a long time and <laughs> yeah. obsessed yeah. over that. I mean, long hair, down to my butt almost at, at uh, one yeah. point. That's uh, crazy. And, and Wes has had his hair long since he was yeah. born. And oh. um, so <laughs> um, men are as vain as women, I think. Oh, yeah. But as you oh, get older. Maybe more. Maybe more. Probably um, more. But, <laughs> Yeah. But as time goes by, you just realize that, that you can't, there is no fountain of youth, but you can maintenance yourself and groom yourself uh, to look as best as you possibly can. And um, so they, there's just more hypotheses here. Everyone likes to look good. Um, obsession has different levels. And people are, they... In the early phases of a romance, people really work on their look a lot. I'm sure because there's oh, that yeah. that you know passion is uh, it is alive, and they want to be pretty and have the right things groomed and look good. So uh, it's not really anything that is a surprise. But social media and pictures and selfies mm-hmm. have made it an obsession. Have ramped among it up. some generations, and there's no question about it. And there's uh, there's a 15 year old in my house that can't stay out of the mirror, and I'm sure girls are. We it's worse were when you're worse. in that adolescent stage. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can I can recall not going to school because my hair did not work out right. <laughs> right, and you're I was a guy. not going. I had long, yeah. flowing, pretty locks. And if they didn't work out right, I did not go out. I was obsessed by it. Bad hair day. <laughs> not school. I'm not. I don't need to learn no math today. My hair's messed up. Next. Yep. So yep. we all do it if we want to stay attractive in some point and attractive to our mates, regardless of how long you've been with them. You want to look good and you know smell good and not be a pig. Um, so yeah. that I don't think that there's anything wrong with that at all. No. So just, but uh, you can find, you know, products of all kinds, and men are doing it more and more. That's why tanning beds got so popular, oh, and God, but, yeah. and also yeah. why they're so dangerous. Um, you can be tan all the time. Spray tans, spray. You know, there's there are creams for it, but once people have learned about how bad tanning beds are for you, 
I've noticed a real reduction in tanning salons. They don't yeah. exist. Oh, much me anymore. too. It's so weird. But it's um, nice to, that men have products now that, because, y- you know, d- your skin is different, but you do need to moisturize too. And yes, men you do. don't like I to do maybe, it every day. but like yeah. in beards and, and facial hair and the way that oils are on your face and it's, it's yep. you don't want to smell like a, uh, they make some really nice smelling men's products now. It's awesome. I don't use any kind of cologne. I hate a man that smells like he's been in a disco all night. No, it's, I hate that too. It's but like just shampoos gross. and stuff. Shampoos, there is body powder, there are, you know, creams and things. But I, 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 there's no reason to, you know, spray on a bunch of, of you know, just some bad cologne because you reek and it, it sucks. And one of the things that men in my father's generation, and probably Wes's too, that you were taught, um, you never should have cologne on your hands. If you shake a man's hand, oh no, and, oh, it, yeah. and it comes back reeking of his old spice, Ugh. he's got on too much. Now, my grandfathers both used old spice, and it was Everybody a grandfatherly did. kind of kind of kind of smell. And then they got into other stuff, uh, British Sterling and Jade East and Canoe, and all that crap that smells. It it just reeks. But men don't know how to use it. They just, you know, it's just crammed on their face and their neck and they smell like a whorehouse. So <laughs> it doesn't work. Oh, talk to uh, So do it properly. Yeah. Just be clean and look right. And I hate guys that don't maintain their beard. And shave your neck. Oh, God, you look Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Shave you look your dirty, Aaron Rodgers. It just looks funky. And ear hair and nose hair and, you know. They make the older yeah, you get, make... you you get hair. When your hair falls out of your head, oddly, <laughs> it, it ends up on your back. It really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! And you for start women, shaving your back and your butt. So, and and for women, <laughs> shave your butt. Apparently, you you can stop shaving your legs at some point, which I can't wait. But anyway, yeah. But so you, you know guys that... gain hair in places, and we like. Yeah, but there's nothing places, like a, a soft and you know silky chick lady well, sure. woman but i'm saying like it stops growing thing. like you're like you have shaved it apparently oh, the hair people, on my legs has, has stopped growing about. and my son said you what are you doing uh shaving your legs dad i punched him right in the mouth hard <laughs> he probably i didn't show him <laughs> okay so that's be pretty be clean do your best and don't get lazy just because you've been, been married for you know 20 years you can't turn into a slob. Yeah, that isn't how it works. You want to be attractive and clean for your for your partner, and it's it's just better that way. And if you're and if you of- start to itch, that means you haven't showered enough, and it's been five days. So go on and you know wash your business off. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to smell you in the grocery line. Use deodorant, please. Yeah, people that don't do that, Ugh. they say that you don't if you. Eat right and blah, blah, blah. One of the hippie things is you don't need to use underarm stuff because it's bad for you, for one thing. Well, I am not going to smell like B.O. And Mm -mm. in the wintertime, you can probably get away with the, you know, rag off thing. But in summertime, (laughs) when you're sweating your balls off, you need to, you know, wash off. Get in the shower and do your deal. Use the aluminum kind, yes. Use what? 
The only the, the deodorant that's bad for you has aluminum in it, but that's the deodorant that works. Damn it! So well, at least for me. So and for a lot well, of people. So you don't you don't want to smell smell you know gamey. So you know wash no. it off. <laughs> Thanks. This is Drake Digital. Okay, this list of singers. Uh, 200 singers spanning 100 years, Wesley says. Where was this story? Where is the, what's the origin of it? It's uh, Rolling Stone. They do this sort of thing Oh, regularly. they're in the list, yeah. Yeah, and so... Stuff they, to bitch about. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's a list, so it's there to be controversial and argumentative and uh, to, to make people talk, I guess. Let's argue. Go. All right, <laughs> number 20, because we're not going to do the whole 200. Now, is there anything that jumped out at you after number 20 and you went, what? Uh, yeah, but I, I would have, that would take me backtracking through this whole list. So yeah. genres here are mixed, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because number 20, you've got Marvin Gaye. Right. Hard to argue with that. Yeah. Okay. 19, Frank Sinatra. Well, now that that one you could bitch about for a long time. Uh, he is has been singled out for how many years as being um, Frank's big thing was his phrasing, the way that he sang the words, the way that he uh, he he pronounced things differently and with more emotion. So at nineteen, that seems a little bit light, but. He's been out of the business and dead for a long time, so I guess the deader you are, the less important you are to the, to the, to the current people. <laughs> to the so. contemporaries, maybe so. Right. At 18, Celia Cruz, the Afro-Cuban Santero singer. So they're going to be all-inclusive here of everybody who ever opened their mouth, black, white. Well, well they said yeah. singers, so you know, they okay. didn't say rock singers or any type of genre. Yeah, right. Elvis comes in at number 17. Was Elvis a great singer, or was well, he a great brand? He was definitely a great I brand. As as for a singer, uh, apparently there was at least sixteen people better than him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying. There there were times he was a great singer. Can't help falling in love. Yeah, love me tender. Some of those things, but as time went by, he got to be less. Well, okay, at least he's top twenty. Yeah. 16 is Prince on this list from Rolling Stone. Can't really argue with that. He was very versatile. He could do anything. Now, this one's going to cause some talk. At 15 on Rolling Stone's Greatest Singers of All Time, Bob Dylan. Well, uh, I think maybe that is not parallel, but it's akin to Frank Sinatra in the way that he sang. Right. And depending upon the album he did, he sang differently. There are some albums you can't understand a word he's saying. Some albums are, it's with, they're with great clarity. He enunciates, uses great emotion in his voice. Um, but I guess a contrarian could argue that he can't sing. He's kind of speaking the words. I don't know. That one's up for debate, but it will. That's the whole point of the list, right? Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Freddie Mercury comes in next at number fourteen on the best singers list, and uh, I think a lot of people would probably want to put him higher just on his range of nothing else. Maybe, um, 
Once again, we're mixing genres here. Sure. But yeah. um, I guess you look at things like Bohemian Rhapsody, things that really required skill. Uh, who sang the backup harmonies with him on stage? Brian May? Uh, Brian May, yeah. And yeah, I don't think, uh, what's his name? Roger did... Uh, or John Deacon, either of John, them. John Deacon. Roger did do some backup vocals, but uh, not uh, John Deacon. Well, Old Freddie was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Coming in at 13 on Stone's top 200 singers list is Patsy Cline. So, yeah, we're getting all genres here. Well, it's hard to argue with that either. She had a limited career. Um, mm -hmm. She's in that category. Let me ask you this. Is... Um, Roy Orbison, yet to come. Uh, let me scroll. I saw him at like number 71, because I'm kind of looking at this list between the oh, okay. 50s and the 70s. Yeah. I just watched a, a, a documentary over the holidays. In fact, a, a couple about the traveling Wilburys. And um, him and George Harrison and Tom Petty and Dylan and, and uh, Jeff Lynn. And they watched him work. And he, he was a really, really quiet and shy and a, a, a bashful man. But you saw him uh, recording some of these tunes. Took him one take, and he was done. And it was <laughs> magnificent. And they referred to him as one of the best all-time singers that they'd ever worked with. But, of course, he's old, dead, and gone, too, so he's down the list. Patsy Cline? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yep, Crazy? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 12 on this list is uh, John Lennon. As much as I love Lennon, trying to think, uh, yeah, I, pretty versatile. He could change his voice a lot to adapt to, 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 to a love song and then to, you know, scream something intensely too. Yeah. yeah I guess you got to put him on there. Where's Paul? Uh, Paul, I looked for Paul earlier. He was further down the list, so he is not yet to come. Because John was hipper, I guess, in the eyes of Rolling Stone. Maybe so. And the writers <laughs> are all about 25 years old, so there you go. Little Richard comes in at number 11 on this list of 200 singers from Stone. I wonder how, that, how people react to that. How do you two feel about Little Richard as a singer? I... I think he's fine i'd never thought of him as a particularly great singer but uh a groundbreaking artist sure yeah, Indeed, I, yeah. I agree and I don't, I don't i wouldn't know his whole catalog but lucille I mean, tutti fruity yeah long toss sally good god long toss molly yeah. Oh, yeah 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 but does that denote great singing or is it just a great song I don't that's, know. All right, that's go ahead. that's the point of argument. Coming yep. in at number ten on Rolling Stone's top two hundred singers, Al Green. Pretty hard to argue with that, yeah. regardless of the fact that, that he is he is from here. But talk about range! Oh yeah, 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 An unbelievable range and soul and feeling. Yeah. And despite the short career, Otis Redding comes in at number nine. No way to argue with that. He would have been, mm -hmm. oh, God, he, he was unbelievable. There's Otis and Al back-to-back -back Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> Memphis is right there. Mm -hmm. There we are. Uh, we're not on this one at number eight. Uh, Rolling Stone names Beyonce. Sorry. Can't hang with it. <laughs> Never understood it. 
She's more of a brand, more of a fashionista. I couldn't name one song, not that I'm being arrogant about it. I just, it doesn't stand out. Uh, to me, there are 10 people that sound just like her. I, I, I don't understand it. Not that she's not good, but I, I don't. She's more of an emotional brand again, I think, but I, that, that, that's just me. Moving along, we've got seven. Uh, that position is Stevie Wonders. That's which is hard to argue. Hard yeah. to argue. He was incredible. Yep, he is incredible. He 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 he's not dead, so he made top ten. Yeah, Ray Charles comes <laughs> in at number six. Can't argue with that either. And number five on Rolling Stone's top two hundred singers of all time, Mariah Carey. Not into her. <laughs> I would I. If she could put her boobs up and just sing, it'd be easier to take. Now, I, now you know what, though? That's an arguable point, too, as are all of these. Right. Because before she did stuff, her her version of um, of I'll Be There by the Jackson 5 was oh, unbelievably yeah. Yeah. good. And her range, she was just fantastic. She's also one of those singers that spawned a few generations of these over- singing, shrieking divas that can't sing, but she could sing, but to have her that high, I don't know. How about Diana Ross? She's on there somewhere, I saw her. Okay, go ahead. She's not at number four because number four is Billie Holiday. Notice the race of the artists that you have just just mentioned. Otis, Al Green, Stevie Wonder, the soul and the mm-hmm. emotion, the raw emotion and talent and feeling that came out of those people's voices and out of their soul. Because they sure had it. Yes. And carrying on, number three goes to Sam Cooke. There you go again. Mm-hmm. Can't, I can't believe that Kevin Dubrow from Quiet Riot isn't top five. And that, that's just wrong. <laughs> oh, there's still two spots left. There's this still time. Yeah. There's okay. still time. Number two, though, is Whitney Houston. Can't argue with that for a second. No. I was never a big fan of her songs, but I you can't deny her ability. I can yeah. tell you that I have in my weekend nights when I sit here and watch, watch videos for hours upon hours. I pull up her version of the anthem from the, from the uh, Super Bowl. It is remarkable. Oh, gosh, yeah. And I will always love you. Uh, just gives you chills every time you hear it. She was, she was great. Drake's and cry. then, <laughs> and what? then at number one on the Rolling Stone list of the 200 best singers of all time, Aretha Franklin. There's a pattern here, ain't there? Uh, there yeah. seems to be one. Is there one rock singer mentioned in that thing? Yeah, no, so I looked. I look singer the is the word, though. Singer is the operative word. Not performer. Not stage presence. It's the right. voice. And the article says, this is the greatest singers list, not the greatest voices list. Because people were mad about one of them. But I looked between the 50s and the 70s. Tina Turner, Willie Nelson, Mick Jagger, Barry White, Gaga, Brian Wilson, Robert Plant, and Orbison. Just a brief between the 50s and the 70s on this list. Well, once again, these things are done to create debate and discussion. Right. 
and, and and that's cool. But I think that that they're honest and accurate in the choices of that top twenty, and the majority of the, of those people are all soul singers, and you can't argue with that because white rock singers from Robert Plant to Mick Jagger to whomever learn to sing from listening to black music. That's where they got their styles from. So these people laid the groundwork, I think, for many white singers. Where's Tony Bennett? How do you ignore him? Uh, you know, I you got Frank didn't in there. see him. Yep. I didn't see uh, him, but yeah. Just the ones that just went real quickly that missed out on the top 20. At 21, Nina Simone. There's Adele at 22. Smokey Robinson, George Jones, Mary J. Blige, Paul McCartney at 26. Dolly at 27. Uh, Mahalia Jackson at 28. Chaka Khan at 29. And Hank Williams at 30. Let's see if I can scroll through here and find where Tony Bennett's. I think that they made up. an attempt at uh, diversity here, which is fine. Um yeah, it's it's really hard to argue with Sam Cooke, Marvin Gaye, Al Green, Otis Redding, Whitney Houston, and Mariah Carey I would pick a bone with, but um, no, she can sing. There, There's just too many to categorize like this in a list like this. It's all designed, once again, to make you discuss or right. think. Yeah. But I think that that's, that's a pretty credible list. Why is there no Brett Michaels from Poison? That's just wrong. Um, <laughs> Springsteen is 77. George Michael is on there somewhere. George Michael had a remarkable voice and should have been a lot higher. Springsteen can sing when he wants to, but he's had evolutionary. He's gone from screaming to doing soul. His voice has gotten better over time. If, if, I mean, he's just gotten better and smoother. I don't know. You can bitch about it forever. You know, Bono can sing too. Mick Jagger yeah. can 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 Mick sing, or is Mick just Mick? <laughs> I don't know. You know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Who else just, pops up in rock and roll that can that can sing? Cornell is I, number eighty on here. And he I know Ronnie sing. James Dio made mm -hmm. one sixty-five. Steve Perry is eighty-two. I'm surprised because Perry can sing too. Yeah, yeah. Amy Winehouse is eighty-three. One of your least favorite people, and mine too, isn't on here, and that's why people are annoyed. I saw that on your list, and I'm surprised because... I am too. I think that she can sing. I think that her issue, she oversings, and that's the problem I think that people like Patti LaBelle uh, introduced to young female singers, is this overreaching, oversinging woe woeing and going as high as you can to show your range um and mariah carey i think was the proponent of all of that for the past 35 40 years they just scream they don't sing and you watch some of these award shows not not the award shows but some of these you know contests and every young lady out there is trying to do mariah carey or patty labelle or whomever can shriek the highest and they learned that from what they grew up hearing, which was Mariah Carey and whomever else. How about Bonnie Raitt? Um, how do you miss her in that? She was on this list. Uh, I just passed her in the 150s somewhere, I think. Oh, wow. 
Well, Celine Dion is, do we even, even say her name? Um, yeah, yeah, she's the one that was overlooked entirely. Yeah, which is uh, but weird. She was, so, she was such a, a, a drama queen. Bless her heart. She has, she's had a really bad life, and she's really mm-hmm. sick now, and it's it's awful. But I guess she can sing. I, I, I mean, I'm them not just into try, her songs, but she can sing. Some of them, just they just try too hard. This should be effortless. Does Al Green sound like he's trying too hard? No. No. Does Sam Cooke, does Otis Redding? No. It just rolls out of their mouth, out of from their insides. Yeah. And Celine Dion did not grow up in the ghettos of Memphis either. So that's why she can't sing. She's from Canada. Next. <laughs> <laughs> this is Drake Digital. <laughs> 